The following program is an abridged audio version of the streaming video talk show, A Wonderful Chaos. The hosts are Andy Chaliff and Bambos Dimitriou. The format is entirely casual, unscripted conversation. If you'd like to watch a live taping or participate with your comments in real time, subscribe to A Wonderful Chaos on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, or Twitch. Bambos, Charles, to meet you. Today we have uncomfortable in my family watching, and we're going to discuss for the hour what it's like for me to feel uncomfortable while my family's watching. (laughs) (laughs) And we're we're going to do that on Wonderful wonderful Chaos. chaos. It's a wonderful chaos. And the atheist pray? It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. That's right, folks. Tune in. Tune We're going to talk about something. Maybe we'll, we'll squeeze a few tears out of me, get the ratings up. Uh, <laughs> first, I'd like to thank everyone watching from the Dimitri family. I'm appreciative. This is, feels like an intervention. If you have comments, you're welcome to put them in right now. Our no, questions. They're not going to comment. <laughs> they, they've never commented in all the years. Actually, Memnos, uh, my sister's son, commented once. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, so, I, I really, I'd like to frame a little bit of this discussion. Yeah. You, no, 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 no. Oh, let, go ahead. Let, let me. Please. Let me. So when Andy said, let's talk about this, I was thinking, I don't feel uncomfortable or else I wouldn't be doing this. But I, I do. There was this low underlying energy, which which kind of cramps me sometimes if I'm going to say something that might be. Uh, for example, connect to my suicide attempts in the past or my drug addiction, um, women, sex, like, you yeah. know, we, we pretty much talk about everything on the show. Yeah. And there, there's always this seeing, seeing myself through my family's eyes yeah. as we're doing the show. And even if it's 1%, I, I, I do want to own it because the moment I, I, the moment I say, "Oh, it's only one percent," in a weird way, that one percent all of a sudden becomes fifty percent. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in 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 the show ideas, I mean, I, I think people know we come up with show ideas when there is a topic between us that we think, "Wow, that's that feels like it has some meat in it." Let's bring it to the show. You know, in general, we want to make all our guests feel very comfortable. <laughs> when it comes to me, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I also want to discuss that a little bit, by the way, because I think we can take on serious topics and hold them lightly. Yeah. And sometimes I've I I don't feel like I'm just detached from this subject. I've got feelings towards this as well. Yeah. And and there have been a big emotions that have come up for me when it's come to talking about things on air that I know my family also could be uh, influenced by. Yeah. And and I know my brother's watching right now. He told me he watches the show, so even he's out there, he right? Called you Gestapo. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean. 
he said that, and at the same time, uh, he also acknowledged that, that that he also was making peace with things in himself. So there was a beauty in that interaction. So if it was only Gestapo, it would have been harder than if it was also not an acknowledgement. Sorry, I, sometimes I'll say the word because that's the word which makes me laugh so much when I think about it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah of course. Of no, course. I think it's a great, I mean, it's, it would be, it's, but getting to the point, right, to the, to this thing is that sometimes on our shows, you have not allowed, you, you know, you've, you, you've, you said to me, uh, I think a few days ago, Andy, sometimes I feel on a show, I need to throw myself under the bus. Like yeah, take on, true. take on a subject that was just so heavy for you and bring it on air. Yeah. And, and I thought, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want you to feel that I, way. I never said throwing myself under the bus. Oh, what did you say? Um, it was along the lines of, I sometimes will use the show to, to move through things. Like, let's say in in uh, March, in April last year, we did the the money situation. Yeah. In my life, I ran out of money. It was really tough yeah. for me, and it was really a life for me. Like to not talk about it would be me sitting here, feeling really contracted totally. because there's so much so much was happening for me. So I, I guess that's what I also appreciate about the show is we can actually talk about nice. things which are immediate. So I, I wouldn't say throwing out, I would throwing myself under the bus. It, I would say that I trust our connection to discuss it. But at the same time, when we talk about things, yeah, yeah there's, there's always in my mind's eye, like, Oh shit. Now I'm going to get a lot of messages from people. And, I have to deal with that or not. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like if I meet a woman nowadays, if I have a date with her and she Googles Charles Bambos Nimidrio, she's going to find this. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I'm always like, hey, listen, uh, I love that we're getting to know each other. Do me a favor. If you're going to stalk me, please don't go to YouTube and, and check out my <laughs> podcast because it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to put us on unfair ground yeah exactly all of a sudden she goes and watches the show on shame and single and like little does she know i did that show i feel i don't even feel anything yeah. about it anymore yeah but like, the thing is it's it always like, there so everyone who listens to is like oh bambos poor bambos exactly <laughs> like i've transitioned from that space like i don't yeah. i don't feel the shame anymore so mm. in a way i use i use the shows to also elevate myself yeah. but if someone would just click on that all of a sudden i get that past story projected yeah, onto me of course and that's also something that i might say i find challenging yeah and at the same time not really yeah understood yeah and i guess that going back to at least the thing i wanted to say was that the show the, the show oh. has come to an end that was it it's <laughs> over <laughs> i guess the the thing that i don't want ever is for you not to feel safe, not only with the space we create, but with the safe with with, with the <clears throat> what's put online afterwards. Yeah. So, um, if you say, Andy, this subject is so sensitive. There was some, one subject last week we discussed. We decided not to put it on air. What was it? It was discussing. We were going to bring a former girlfriend of yours on and talk with the, the two of you. Oh yeah. And and the thing was was that you. I think if I said, Hey, Bambos, let's just do it. You would have done it. And I would have shared. I would have shared my concerns. No, agreed. But you still. And what I said, I, I would have done it because I know before the show, I, we would have sat down with the thrills and talk. And one of the things I I felt really insecure was, um, smirking or or using you to 
to yeah to to, to leverage like, as a to, yeah I wouldn't but, want that but I, it, the the point being wasn't that as much as actually it was quickly felt into how was it for you it was clear that it wasn't connecting with you and something that you wanted and it was very quickly that we decided not to do the show and I thought that was really nice because what I what I was trying to get to was the show for me shouldn't be this thing that we we're, we're trying to do things that are very uncomfortable for us just so that other people can see us go through it. That's yeah. not the purpose of the show Yeah, for me. Right. That was it. That and was at the one. same time with the same token, I would have done the show. Yes, because it's real. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anyone on this planet that, that can't relate to what we're going to discuss. Clearly. And if I'm feeling uncomfortable, you know, I, I'm, I feel pretty comfortable that I can own that I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And I can look after myself. And exactly. and if I would feel that I'm shutting down, I, I can even name I that. name it. Yeah, sure. But think about it. Like anyone is watching this show. If they look at what you allow yourself and these topics we're bringing on, most of the people would say, Jesus, I wouldn't even, you know, I asked on the weekend, can you share your most embarrassing moment? You know, I, I just put that into the ether and asked, and I knew that it was not going to be easy for people to do that. Yeah. You and I can spend an entire show going I into the most. I can talk about the first time I had sex. Exactly. I, <laughs> we would do the most embarrassing, like just, and, 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 and have no issue with it, right? But no. when, we, when we ask it of other people, it's like, wow, you're really asking me to put myself out there. So you and I have made peace with the fact that we can put ourselves in the world. We don't have, you know, there, our jobs aren't usually dependent on people watching this show or what they think of us. At least I don't feel it's that way for me. I don't think it is that way for you either. And, and in that, in that way we've created some bunker for ourselves. Yeah. So I, I just know that I, my point is I'm going to share gratitude. Thank you for taking risks. Thank you for going into topics that neither of us knows and it isn't comfortable and, and allowing them to unfold in front of everyone. So that I want to thank you. Yeah, that's it. I'm going to take that in. Thank you. Yeah. So I come from Cyprus. <clears throat> it's it, at least the environment I grew up in is like people gossip. It's a small island. Like growing up, because it's a small island, people kind of get in under each other's skin. Like, I remember growing up, there was so much violence, not only at home, but also on the streets. <clears throat> yeah. Well, people get drunk, and all of a sudden, like, I'm thinking, wow. Like, if I look back at certain people I used to hang out with, when they would get drunk, they were dangerous. Wow. They had the ability to get a baseball bat and smash someone's head in. So it's kind of like the UK, because there's a lot of aggression as people drink in the UK on the weekends. It sounds similar. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I always thought, okay, it's it's an island and everyone knows each other. So in a way, if you sleep with someone, everyone's going to find out yeah. about it. If it was good sex, everyone's going to find out about it. Like there, there's pretty much no secrets. Mm. So in a way, when I'm, when I'm doing these shows, I'm on Facebook. Mm. I have my clients. I have friends from my school. I've got friends who I grew up with, uh, family, fa friends of family. And all of a sudden... Everyone gets to to see Bambos, wow. uh, the 44-year-old version of Bambos. Yeah. And my family are right also. Like in a way, when I talk about my drug addiction, there's family members that probably weren't aware. Yeah. Or were in denial. And all of a sudden, you you I I call myself a, a drug addict, even if it was in the past, yeah. People will start to talk about it. 
Okay. He tried to kill himself. There were all these things happening. Oh, I, I had no idea. And all of a sudden, my family has to deal with those discussions. Oh, because the discussions are happening within the network around <clears throat> your family, not even within your family. Both. Both. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I see my sister, and I'm going to talk about my sister. If you're watching, I love you. Mm. Um, I, I know that for her, sometimes it's difficult to hear things that we talk about, especially from the past. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I'm really proud because her son, uh, Agamemnos, yeah. um, when my sister feels uncomfortable with something that I've talked about, I know that they're going to talk about it between them. Okay. And Agamemnos has, I mean, he's, I think he's 28 now. He has, yeah. He's pretty wise. He'll be like, mom, this is just Bambos uh, processing his his past and getting oh, wow. it a place. Like, and, and he really sees me in that. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, my sister will relax into, and it's not a problem anymore. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really happy that he has that ability to give perspective. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and obviously she she's needing to make space in herself for something that isn't normal for her, as exactly. I hear. So, yeah. Well, that's the weird thing is that, and this is, by the way, so we're talking amongst ourselves uh, around this subject, but anyone out there, let's get this clear. This is an issue for everyone watching. Yeah. So at some point, we have things in ourselves that we have made peace with in ourselves. And when we share that, we can't know what it means for somebody else. And yet, do we not share it because we don't want that person to be uncomfortable? I mean, I spent years doing that and using the other person as an excuse for me not sharing what I really felt. And I suffocated under that. So it's, it's a weird, it's a weird conundrum because it's like, do I take care of whatever I think you need or do I take care of myself? And sometimes I can't do both at the same time. So when you're sharing on the show, you know, how it was for you to go through this pain. I was laughing because when you were talking, I distinguished two things. What are the things I share about myself, right? Yeah. And what are the things I share about someone else? In my mind, I'm thinking, whatever you share about yourself is your right to share because it's your life. Yeah. Whatever you share about another person, obviously there's more sensitivity because the other will be impacted by that. But it, it, there is really a fine line in that because one may be impacted, like you just said, by something you describe of your own life. Yeah. When I wrote the last letter, one of the hardest things for me was it, you know, it, it moved from me feeling like this is my story to realizing at some second, wow, this is all of our stories. And, you know, I think we both have discussed like, Everyone, everyone has their own experience. So just because I write it here doesn't mean that that experience is true for everyone else that was in the same family. Yeah. And, and yet, as soon as one writes it, everyone else feels like now they have to come up with their versions of it. Yeah. So even when it comes to like your dad, I'm sure when you share on the show the bad things that happened with your dad, each family member would say, hey, you can't talk about him that way because he had these great traits as well for instance uh, I'm, I'm thinking have I thrown my dad under the bus I mean I've thrown your dad under the bus more than you've thrown your dad under the bus <laughs> yeah you have you dick um, I mean all I, I know I, is I, the, I, the I, nicest story you've ever told me about your father 
And I'll say it again because I think it's one of the best stories I've ever heard. (laughs) You're driving down the street. You're getting pulled over by a police officer. Your dad reaches over, smacks you across the face, and you start to cry. The police officer walks to the door (laughs) and your dad looks at him and says, I'm speeding because I got to get my son to the hospital. (laughs) <laughs> and it still cracks me up <laughs> and then, exactly and like think about it like that is that is absurd to me that that is a horrible story <laughs> and yet but, but so but for me what i'm what i guess my point being is that everyone gets to have their experience mm. and even as you share it you don't even have to throw your dad under the bus or you don't even have to, but you can share what the experience was for you and, and you can own that. Yeah. And that doesn't mean it won't come, it won't make other people uncomfortable. Yeah. And why don't you talk about your dad more often? Scared because when, when like during my drug addiction, uh-huh. my 10 year rampage, um, some memories got really distorted. Uh and I can I can I can share like I, I have images of him, and then I don't know always to what degree. W- if I'm going to share something, I want it to be very clean, and I don't know to what degree the imagination of a six-year-old, ten-year-old, fifteen-year-old has distorted. Yeah, and I I also want to own <clears throat> as a child to to try to get people to love me and get a sense of belonging, I started telling a lot of lies. Yeah. Um, and of course, people discover that I'm lying and that will get me into trouble. But I used to, I used to at, at some point, when you start to lie, you actually start believing your lies. Uh-huh. And you have to kind of hold that story everywhere you go and then it changes a bit. And then, So, mm. yes, sometimes I'm also insecure that to what degree is it really clean? Yeah. Uh, the, the car story, by the way, is very clean. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I can share that. Yeah, I understand. Interesting. And, and, and you know, he, he had a really granimal kind of sense of humor. Yeah. Like, I was raised by a man where farts and burps were funny. Uh-huh. And that was his humor. And teasing women on the streets was funny. That was his way of having fun. Yeah. Uh, I felt always really uncomfortable around him. Yeah. I could never explain it, but I just mm. didn't feel comfortable. Yeah. 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 And then, and then the question is, how much do you objectify it? Or how much do you just say, hey, as a kid, I just didn't feel comfortable with that. Yeah. 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 And yeah, back to the show again. Huh. Uh, we're doing it live. All our shows are there. Anyone yeah. can just type my name nowadays or your name and just watch. Yeah. And I think I think the danger mm-hmm. is people watch it and then they create a story around it. Yeah. And, and that's always. Uh, and you could say it's a danger. I'd say it's a reality. It's a reality. A good story, a bad story. It's just people are their sense making. Yeah. They take one reference point. They maybe one person sees a show I did where where I asked you questions which made you emotional, and they say Andy's insensitive. Yeah. And then that, from that moment forward, I have that label in their heads. Yeah. And that's just that that's part of what we've accepted in doing the show this way. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're, we're, we're also not sugarcoating anything or trying no. to make ourselves look good or feel good. No. They're, they're getting a little bit back to this. When um, when this came out, the last letter. Uh, good. I got You're a, learning. I got a call, I think at three in the morning from one of my brothers um, who said, and, and and when I get a call at three in the morning, I think someone's died. Like that's my that's my media assumption. Why did you pick up the phone at three in the morning? Because I told my family once, don't if someone dies, don't call me until the morning. Yeah, because there's nothing I can do. If it's good news, it can wait. If it's bad news, it can wait. It's, it's this is what I said. And so my dad dies uh, some ten odd years ago, I guess now. And and then I get a call at three in the morning, right? And so my brain is like, oh, okay, it's fine. And then I get another call at three in the morning, and I'm like, okay, so someone calls me twice. This there's something up. So then I call, and then that's when they they tell me that my dad died. Mm. Um, and uh, and so I get the call at three in the morning this time. So now I've trained like, okay, they don't they don't know how to respect. So if someone calls at three, there's something going on usually. So I picked up the phone. I think I picked up the phone or maybe it was a voicemail. I don't remember, but it was one of my brothers saying, Andy, do you really need to share everything in your life? (laughs) (laughs) And I thought it was so funny. It wasn't even, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't like even a a bad thing. It was more like, really, do you need to share everything? Like are all the details that important? And, um, and for (laughs) me, it's not unlike you doing the show. For me, the last letter was a very much a, I'm putting all my cards on the table and I'm like, I always think I say, I want to be an example of what I ask the world to be. So who am I to be holding space for somebody and saying, listen, allow yourself to be vulnerable and show yourself if I'm not at the same time doing that. Mm. There's just something in there that feels like it's, it's, it's not, it's not fully um, it's not inviting a person to join me. It's like me asking you questions that may make you feel uncomfortable. So, and, and, and that's not what, that's not what I'm, that's not, that doesn't interest me. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that resonates a lot with, with me and how I want to live and how, what I do in my business. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and as and getting back to the family, I think one of the most beautiful moments in the book was that I know from discussions with both of my brothers, because both my parents are, are, are dead, dead. So they, I didn't need to worry about how they interpreted events, um, that they were happy for me that I wrote the book. They were they understood what it meant for me. And I didn't hear any sense of judgment to the fact that in some cases they didn't see the, the events the way I did, mm. which I thought was beautiful. There was not a debate like, Andy, you got that wrong. I mean, the only thing we got wrong, which I have to say over and over again, is that my my two brothers did not give me chlorine and try to kill me when I was one years old. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing I have to clarify over and over again. I took it of my own fruition and then got my stomach pumped. But but that was the one thing that they, they said, listen, you just got that one wrong. But my m- the bigger point was was I was lucky – and that the more I shared, the more I saw that, that Andy, you're going through the process you need to go through. Mm. And it's your process. And I did, I did in no way felt judged, which was really meant a lot to me and still does. And what I've seen in your process, it's felt a bit harder because of the reasons we've talked. Sometimes there'll be judgment towards the things that you've been sharing on air. Yeah. 
And uh, and how like how has that been for you? Like how is it for you to do a show where you leave yourself vulnerable and then afterwards get a call to say we don't like what we saw? Uh, the call doesn't happen. It, um, it will it will come up in a conversation while okay. we're calling, but there won't be a specific call. Or do you know what happened? Yeah, what? my my sister did call me once when we had an edgy show where yeah, and I remember that evening I was so open and vulnerable I, my heart was beating like mm. i was almost getting into a panic yeah that i would have to defend my whatever i brought into the world that evening okay and i just didn't pick up the phone wow. i found it really difficult to uh and of course we talked but i didn't want to do it i just chose in that moment i'm, I'm not gonna pick up the phone i'm feeling really tender and i don't want to create tension before bedtime yeah so that was me doing some self-care what would you want it w it's not about it's not about my family and it's about me what i no, want no, no, is no, to, but, but stay with the question okay i would want me to find more peace uh -huh. in myself when I'm doing these shows and being fully owning that there are always going to be consequences. Interesting. And I don't yeah. always have to justify why I do what I do. Yeah. I don't need to be seen. I don't need to, I don't need anything. Just be at peace with how I'm living. This is how I live. Yeah, but if I asked it, like, what would you, if you could, because I, I could answer the question, what would I want? I'd want to be loved and supported. That's what I'd want. Hmm. Do I hold, I, them, do I, 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 do I hold I, them accountable? <laughs> do I hold them accountable for that? No. Am I codependent? Am I unhappy if they don't give it to me? No. But if you ask me what I want, I want to be loved and supported. Mm. I want to be loved and supported. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of didn't give myself that option. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I'm like, wow, you're really not even allowing yourself to say, I really would love to be loved and supported. Do you know why? Why, why, why? <laughs> because because I used to blame people for not loving and supporting me and not seeing me. Mm. And on our on our journey together... I had to find peace with, from this moment forward, I will never be seen or loved. So everyone gets to be who they are. And that's where I don't have that expectation that I'm going to be loved and accepted in every part of my life. Mm. Oh, man, I can even start crying when I say it. Mm. But I'm not going to cry yet. I just have to <laughs> let that one sink in a little bit. That was because the idea that I need I needed that people to be a certain way 
got me into trouble. It really got me into a lot of trouble. Yeah, it was interesting because I, I, the question I said, what would you want, not what do you need? And I distinguish between the need and myself and the want. I can, I can want anything. It doesn't mean that it's going to come and it's not, it's not important that it does per se. Oh, no, sorry. I think I, want, I, I wanted to phrase that differently. I can, did I say want or did I say need? Want. Okay, good. So I can want whatever I want. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. But you're right. If it's a need, then all of a sudden it has the nuance that I can blame you for not giving it to me because it is a necessity for me to feel comfortable. Yeah. Mm, nice. I, I never caught that nuance. Yeah. Well, for me, I just use the, I just see the want, like I can want anything, you know, I could want a million dollars. I can want a long vacation, you know, whatever the want is, is something for me. I can throw it out there and much more casually. Yeah. Mm. But if the need, by the way, if I hear myself say that, the need gets closer to my emotions. Like if I say, what do I need? I can also say, I, I, need, I need to feel loved. I need to feel loved. Yeah. And I can feel that also to be true. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Bola Long says... Is it voyeurism that we are discussing today? Is it? Um, for some, it may be, of course. If they think there's going to be a train wreck or they see that there might be emotions and they're looking and projecting onto us that there's a, these guys are going to go in some weird places, I can vicariously live through there. We've we got 30, se 30 minutes left, people. <laughs> <laughs> With us, it can go into all kinds of places. <laughs> yeah, but I think there is some voyeurism for sure on our shows. Yeah. I, I, I remember... Um, after the show I did with Ronnie about our relationship, um, I got a lot of comments afterwards that, that said it was uncomfortable to watch it because they felt like they were like voyeurs in our, in our relationship, right? And I didn't feel that way because it's like us. We have these same talks whether we're on air or off air. So we just happen to be in front of a camera having them. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I might be a little bit different. I do acknowledge that. Sometimes I'll be like, uh, I, I would be more aggressive or more assertive off air mm. because I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to have a talk afterwards with people calling up and saying, you know, why did you do that? Mm. But we talk about that as well, of course. Um, getting back to our topic, Bambos, when you, uh, oh, sorry. So, so, so I just want to have a, just a, just a moment, please. I'm, I'm trying to tune into. We're doing this show. Is there discomfort within me as we're talking? Mm -hmm. Like, how is? Do you feel anything in your body as we're talking right now? No, no. Uh, uncomfortable discomfort. Do you know what? Mm. I was feeling uncomfortable in our connection mm -hmm. where every time you would um, judge me for having a straight face. Yeah. And you say judge, which is all the... Well, I'm using that word yeah, consciously okay. also. 
because I don't want to pretend that there, sometimes there was a little bit of charge when you would say it. And I know you wanted to kind of wake me up. Hmm. But the moment it shifted to trauma, yeah, I no longer felt, I felt at peace with how I was. Yeah. Because there was always an alertness. Oh, I, sh- I shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now there's more. This is happening. This is happening. Mm. And again, I want to thank you mm. because because of you and, and hiding the awareness that that has been happening for me. Mm. I, I, I've been speaking to different uh, body workers who work with trauma right now. Yeah. So, and, and I never would have, well, I wouldn't say never, but I wouldn't have researched this at this point in life. Yeah. If, uh, Cause it, for me, this is the only part of my life I haven't really looked at. I feel that a wonderful chaos in a way mm-hmm. um, is a kind of a opportunity to process my life and give everything a place. Only we don't do body work here, so the body work has to go come from another place. Yeah. So thanks for um, yeah. Well, thank holding that space. I thank Jeff Lieberman for that because Jeff Lieberman sent over some some pointers for me, and basically what I noticed and and how he would react to stimulus that was something that he couldn't integrate was that he would go sort of stone faced like I recognized in you. Mm. And uh, and then when I heard him and how he was sensing and understanding that that was really uh, trauma that he was not able to uh, process and then and then share that with you, that was sort of a big learning for me and that he kind of gave me an incredible gift, which was, hey, Andy, this is how you can support someone who's in trauma. And And yeah, that was just really, really sweet. There, there, there's another part of this which came to me last week, but I forgot to tell you. That's we might it. as well share it now. Um, during the authentic relating training that I did, mm-hmm. um, we do a thing where we really listen, but we take ourselves out of the equation. So as we're listening, there's no nodding. Mm. There's actually no sign of confirmation that we get the person. Yeah. If they make a joke you don't laugh you let you let you let the you you're really holding a space in a way and you allow the person to experience themselves when there's no 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 validation or validation yeah. yeah and and i think i i kind of mastered that in such a way mm-hmm. that when we were sitting together with guests and i'm listening i saw that i would continue that mm-hmm. and i and i wanted to kind of differentiate like sometimes the straight face was genuinely yeah. me not showing any emotion. It's only through you that you said, there's a talk show. <laughs> it's good to nod the head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's good to acknowledge that you hear that the person has spoken. So, <laughs> so and that I found that quite difficult uh, to do in the beginning because like, is this authentic? Like, I need to validate someone's experience. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's a talk show. It's a completely different, people come onto our show. We need to make them feel at least seen and heard and you know they're giving us their time right yeah <laughs> i told you how funny it was for me living in japan because if you don't grunt on the on so if a call goes like this in japan i'm having a good day and i'm doing that and then the person on there goes hmm and then then the, you continue talking and there's always hmm 
<clears throat> and what happens is if you don't make the grunt sound, the person thinks the phone's gone dead. <laughs> so you have this really funny interaction where the person on the line is talking. They're like, are you there? Are you there? Are you there? Because the grunt mm. is a necessity for them to see that you acknowledge that you're still listening to present. So um, I also picked up a bit of that from uh, from my time in, in Japan. Yeah. Um, also, what we're doing, if you think about social media, in a way, the norm is we, we show our best selves. Yeah, that's the normal, right? Yeah. So we we kind of show up like you've showed up when you've been jet lagged and God knows you've been fasting, you haven't been sleeping. Yeah. I've showed up sick or heartbroken or financially completely destroyed. And it, I, I think I wouldn't have it any other way. I, like, I sometimes felt a kind of burden towards you. Mm hmm if I would be having to process a lot of stuff. But I, I always liked that we could just talk about it before the show and kind of like, okay, this is what it is for you. Then we can at least uh, acknowledge it just to give some context and people know where you are. Yeah, well, I mean, I almost said, I, I, I was beyond that. I'm like, if it's influ if it's impacting you and we're not discussing it on air, then, it, then why are we doing this, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the shows I've liked the most are when the guest was totally confused because at some point they didn't, it was no longer a, we're asking you questions. It's more like, well, we've got a problem on this end. Can you facilitate and help, you know? <laughs> so in the turns of tables and it actually becomes a, actually like a session, which is now, you know, live for yeah. the world. And, and getting back to this, to the, the actual, uh, the, the topic of this show, which is that, you know, uncomfortable that people are watching and family, um, I think that as I've grown, it's e been easier to make peace with it because both my parents are gone. Both my brothers are living their lives. They're not dependent on me in any regard. And so there's a, there's a safe space there. So I come from a real luxury position right now. I believe 10 years from now, if we would have the same discussion, you'd say, oh, of course I'm okay with it, right? It's just, it's almost, you've just started to be, doing this so it's new for you in, in some ways mm. um yeah i see that jessica has left a very long message which won't show up if we put it on but we can uh, we can put some of it on and read it coming back to the topic i decided that as long as my father and my brother are alive i don't tell everything that happened in my past why to protect my brother because he doesn't know everything and he pushed his own stuff away to survive. He's vulnerable and I protect myself from his anger and pain. Mm. To give my father the opportunity to age and die in peace, for me, it means I share some stuff only with people face to face and don't write or draw publicity about some stories. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah and there's no judgment. Everyone yeah. needs to live and follow their way of being. Yeah, it would be nice to know in this case if for yes, if, if, and this is the question for her, if she's out there still and, and, and interested in responding, is that if you sharing the story was part of your own healing and, 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 and that was, I guess, would it be that you would choose the forums where you would share it and like maybe not make it too public, but at some point, if it was that you felt like 
embracing it to the public was what you needed to do to to make peace with it. Would you also say that's also OK or would you still in some way say, no, I'm going to wait until my my father is no longer there or whatever it is that she was um, not wanting to expose? Because mm. in some ways you could say, like, I've noticed in this kind of wounded healer world, right, the book, The Wounded Healer. If you look, a lot of the people who are um, acting as wounded healers, it's because they've gone through a pain and then they channel that outward and create awareness around that pain. And then that helps others who've also suffered the same pain. And you could also say that some of the pain is things that you wouldn't be comfortable the world knowing. But if you turned it into your life's mission, it sort of becomes the thing that the thing you share, the, the first thing you share. Yeah. Obviously with, with sharing like the, the beauty of, and it's fucking great group yeah. is I see when, when we share in that group, there's different kinds of people. There's people that are like, wow, me too. Yeah. I feel it. And there's also the people that don't show themselves and they'll be more like, uh, giving solutions. Or, yeah, exactly. Trying to solve other people's problems. Yeah. And so these are the two archetypes I see happening mostly in, in the group. And anyway, with the me too part, it, it just makes me feel not alone in it. Like it was yeah. amazing sharing loneliness and, and getting a lot of messages from people that had that like, fuck, that's my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think there was we had some criticism of it and that there was the fear that if someone shares it openly and says, and it's fucking great, that there could be spiritual bypassing going on. Yeah. And uh, it was interesting because that's also true. And in most cases, I found that it isn't hmm. making peace with a feeling doesn't necessarily mean that you're also not trying to to uh, to uh, allow that also to become more aware within yourself. Right. It's not that it's great and now you've convinced, it's not a positivism, which is something that I've seen a lot of great criticisms of people trying to turn negative thoughts into positive thoughts. That's not what it's about, as you know. Ye Jessica wrote an answer, uh, a, an answer to the question. She says, yes, answer. I share certainly from making an animation, for instance, I want to publish, I give lessons through on how is it is to be a family member of someone who with psychiatric problems, there I share life some and some stories. I help people understand what it means to grow up with such a family, father, mother, both, and both brothers. Wow, yeah. Jessica, beautiful. Yeah. And that would be an example of someone taking their, their, uh, their biggest challenge in life, potentially, and then uh, give, using it as a gift to help serve others. You know, we had a show recently with uh, Mark Olmsted. Which one was that? Mark Olmsted was the person who he spent some time in prison because oh, he yeah. roughed up a cop. Cop actually, the cop roughed up him, and then he spent some time in prison. And then he wrote the book that had done so well. And 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 um, it was after that show, I spent an hour. I think it was between a half an hour to an hour with Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah online just talking to him i think you were gone by the time yeah, but you shared it with me yeah like you wanted him to embrace where he was yeah yeah because mark uh you know it was a real it was a really beautiful time because he was he was sharing his story uh of, of doing this some prison time and he was sharing it 
as if he didn't want to share it, as if it was a negative thing that he would be judged for. And we spent the hour discussing Mark. It's exactly the story and you writing a children's book from prison that's so beautiful. So embrace the thing that you are judging. Mm. And then, and I could see he he got so emotional because I could see for him, the idea, like we always say that he might be projected on negatively because of that was something that he hadn't yet fully embraced. Yeah. And that was a really beautiful time to share with him and talk about that, that journey that he had taken. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love the, that you actually did make time. I mean, you could all say show's over. I need to go eat dinner with my wife, right? Well, I can already tell you, Ronnie wasn't happy when I got downstairs. <laughs> that was also, I had to tell her why it took so much time. And, and would you say that you felt uncomfortable with her watching? No, no. With her watching, no, none of the shows I've felt uncomfortable, no. I mean, I really, I mean, as we, as we laughed about many times, Ronnie doesn't watch any of the shows, right? Or she'll watch for five minutes and then, you know, move on, right? Especially when yeah. she knows the title of the show, she'll, she'll watch the fir this first part, put her questions, and then she goes back to work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bowl along, he writes, Were we living in an environment where we don't compete with each other, we, we would share easily than now. Yes. I, I, I see... The, the way I see the world, mm. or at least people who th that live on social media, is everyone is really good at sharing beautiful quotes mm. of, of, you know, insights about showing yourself, being authentic, being original, and yet the, they hide behind the quote. Like sometimes you'll get people that say, ask me a question. And I'm mm. like, are you really happy? <laughs> and I see that they don't post that question. <laughs> because I, you know, I'm really sensitive. So in, in a way, mm. I don't want to make the person feel uncomfortable, but I don't want to, pre that's the first question that yeah. comes up for me. Yeah. And I saw this specific individual didn't post it, even though they would like to show that they are happy. Mm. Yeah. And happy is really relative. Like the idea that we need to be happy all sure. the time. Yeah. But you see, when it comes to posting, even I love shooting photos every day and posting them. Of animals, especially. Yes. The animal pictures are doing very well. But what I find is that I'm not so excited of shooting facial pictures of me smiling, you know, or sometimes I get excited by it. And then I take the picture if I'm with Ronnie or something. But in general, I'm wanting to capture moments that I enjoy in a day, not like let me. And what I've noticed is that it's weird because Although I'm just sharing what I get joy from viewing, I don't decide, as I think I've said on another show, how other people interpret it. Yeah. You know, what does this guy do for a living? Well, <laughs> you, you posted a picture of the airplane when you were coming back to Amsterdam from the US, right? Yeah. And, the, and you were like, yeah, that was the funniest. You yeah. were like, my <laughs> private jet, but it was just an empty plane. <laughs> yeah, that was, that blew my mind. I thought, wow, these people must think that I've got a lot of money. Like, they, they question, did you rent a full jet to come home? I thought, where, what planet are you on? You know, like, it was very funny. Yeah. So just to be clear, no, he no, doesn't. I flew economy class back. It was a $500 ticket, very inexpensive. And there was maybe 10 people on the plane. Um, Jessica responded to Bolalong's comment uh, concerning if we weren't competing with each other. And, and, and she says, yes, Bolalong, true. In a, in a world of abundance, there's enough love. And then I don't understand. Is it all the pain stems for a shortness of that? Yeah, all the pain mm -hmm. stems from a shortness of that. 
as we've done the show and as I've discussed with the with where I am at my life right now, I keep saying over and over again, it, love has to be enough. Like if it isn't love, then I'm not interested. Mm, yeah. And just not interested. I called up some guy that I work with in Germany this the day. It was very, very tight HR guy. And what, I called what, what context from a business I used to work with some years ago. And he was never really, never gave me full access to him emotionally, but we hadn't spoken in years. And I saw his name and it put a smile on my face and I called him and he was in the middle of a meeting. And I just said, I just called to tell you, I loved you. And then I could just tell that he just <laughs> didn't know what to do, but but he knows it's off the, he knows it's real. You know what I mean? That was it. I, said, I, I would have questioned you in what way. <laughs> well, because I mean, because we've had interactions throughout the years, and he knows that I'm really I show up each time we're together. Yeah. So uh, I just laughingly said, so "Just call to tell you, love you." We don't need to talk. Actually, it was, it was like I need nothing, want nothing from you. I just I just saw your name, and I felt like it was really nice just to let you know. I do that too. Yeah. 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 And, and and in a way, of course, all that can be misinterpreted. And that's the choice I've made in life is to be present, even if it even if it could be in, uh, misinterpreted. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to share a separate story about you said something at the beginning of the show, which brought a story up for me about everyone on the island knowing everything. And when I was on Sakintos, right? Zakynthos. I couldn't pronounce it. Zakynthos. Zakynthos. When I was on Zakynthos, I went out one night to a bar and it was drinking, drinking, drinking. And then there was this beautiful British woman and a group of other people. So then I went home with her. So I, you know the How story. How was this? This was years ago, Bambus, before pre, we pre met. Pre-runny. Oh, are you kidding me? Obviously. <laughs> so I went to to her house, which is in another village. It was, a, it was Zakynthos is... Is not that large, but large enough. So I went to another village and then we're in bed together and something feels weird. I don't quite know what's going on. Just, just you know, the sixth sense in the back of your head. Like there's just something not right here. Well, she had a dick. No, it wasn't that bad. So <laughs> I'm in the bed. We're kissing and it's evolving. But I somehow have some wits about me. I'm like something. So I don't realize that she's married and her husband is in the same room. Watching. He's in the corner. It's a dark room. No one knows. It's, there's a few beds. So I'm in this room. She doesn't divulge this. She's trying to make him feel jealous or some weird nonsense. So now uh, he comes to the bed with his flashlight. You know, I'm there. Um, and then you could have turned into really something really ugly, but he grabs me by the like the, the the shirt I still had on, thank God, and pulls me and throws me out the door. And I kind of got my shoes just just like fast enough. So I then like this is the other village. I get home somehow. I think it took me hours, it, 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 but I get home. And then the next day, because you talked about the green, everyone knows that this happened, but they don't know that I'm the guy that it happened with. So the whole <laughs> village that I'm in, which is uh, f far away from this village, everyone's like, did you hear what happened last night? And then like, so I'm listening to everyone share the story as, as not knowing that it was me that was this, the police got involved because the guy raged so much they had to call the police. Oh, wow. So it was a big deal on that little island. And, uh, and so, and then at the end, I finally at the bar, I said, Hey, 
guys, I just have to tell you, you know, that thing that happened, it was actually me was the guy you've been laughing about all night. And then you're going to laugh in true Greek style. I didn't pay for a drink the rest of that night. <laughs> <laughs> like you've got to imagine it, like in Cyprus, sometimes you're driving. Yeah. And it says, Belathusa welcomes you. Yeah. And then 10 meters later, Belathusa wishes you a safe trip. <laughs> that's it. That, that, yeah. That's how big a village can be. And but that was the experience. So when you talked about it early on the show, like Andy on an island, everyone knows everything. I had that experience in a way I never thought I would have. Like really, everyone knows everything, yeah. and they're all talking. So I, I got it. It was. It also reminded me of in Japan. I told you once I went shopping at the supermarket, and since I was the only white guy in that little village, the everyone would look at what I ordered and tell everybody else what I ordered, and then I get phone calls in the evening like I heard you bought this. You know, so it was that that kind of villagey feeling, right? Oh. Where nothing, and I did, and I have learned, and and you know, I had the same issue with in the last letter when I wrote stories about people that lived in those sort of environments. They really had a much harder time because of exactly what you're saying is that that little squawking of people sharing stories back and forth, which no one wants to talk about, is far more present. So I just mm -hmm. discovered that as you spoke, was like, wow. It's true, obviously, but I hadn't given it much thought. It's the smaller the community you live in, the more sensitive you are because there's no more anonymity. Every, that's almost how they keep people in checks and balances is by making sure that everyone knows everything and then, and then everyone kind of can police one another. So that's, that's yeah. something that I just, just kind of uh, realized as we were speaking. One of the biggest gifts that you've mentored me on mm. because <clears> – <throat> It was actually like owning my experience. Mm -hmm. So if someone would judge me for something, yeah, to fully own it, like, oh, yeah, I can see why you would say that, and yeah, and and what are you observing in me, which makes you say that? So to also be curious to explore what are they actually seeing in me, because whatever they're seeing me, it, it there must be some truth to that, and that has yeah. also worked a lot for me to stay really grounded on the show and whatever happens. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Whatever someone says about you, there is some truth there. So if you defend against it, you just create more troubles for yourself. So, so my sister, when I was in Cyprus last year, March this year, she said to me, Bambos, are you gay? And I was like, Oh shit. I can see why you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then she'd be like, yeah, but I see you with women. I'm like, yeah. She's like, so do you like women too? I'm like, yeah, I like women too, <laughs> but you're gay. And I'm like, I can see why you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> but you could finish it with, and I don't necessarily identify myself as gay. You could yeah, say yeah, that. Of course, but, but you but, didn't. But I played with it for a little bit. It was, uh, it was really I like that. Where in the past, it, it would have been like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, oh, you just... You questioning my masculinity. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Yeah. Everyone thinks you're gay, by the way, that watches the I show. I can see why they would say that. <laughs> <laughs> that is hysterical. Oh, Bololong, thank you for participating today. He says, when I went to Greece, I saw a notice at the airport warning that you might be stabbed for messing with someone's sister. Yes, Bololong. Is that true? Yeah, of course. 
<laughs> no, I don't know if you're bullshitting me no, now no, or no, not. No, no, no bullshitting. It says if you come on to a person's sister, then they have their they may stab you for that. Someone's sister or someone's girlfriend, you if it's a small island because they don't have a life, they they can stab you. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And that's where you came from. That's where I came from. Wow. So you really have some... you you look at someone just eye gazing. <laughs> <laughs> they will come over and tell you to stop looking or they'll hit you. Oh, wow. It must be interesting for you to do these connection games when you're in Cyprus then, because it is, it's it, a further away from when you're doing it in Amsterdam. Well, let, let's just say that my generation was really rough. Mm. And what I'm seeing going back to Cyprus now is the more young generation, there, there's a little bit more awareness. So they're more soft. Okay. Softer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 it never ceases to amaze me where you're raised, the environment, and how much of an influence that has on you. Yeah. You know, I always feel grateful, and I always say, we always talk about having uh, the advantages that I had in life. Yeah. And, and I never take those for granted, right? It's never like, oh, you know, going to the school, even having the privilege thing of just being white and having a family that could, I could afford to have nice clothes and have teeth done well and all that. And, and, and it never ceases to amaze me that like you're, you get all this so easily that you don't necessarily realize how difficult it could have been otherwise. Yeah. And when you talk, right, just to get back to why I'm saying this at this moment, I think, wow, I, I was soft as well as a kid. Right. Yeah. I remember not uh, not feeling aggression. You know, I, I didn't really like playing football all that much because I didn't want to hurt someone and hit them. You know, that didn't give me joy. So in, in some ways, when when you speak, I'm thinking, wow. So if I was born with my predisposition in a place like Cyprus, how, how would it have been for me? Well, because you're white and you came from a wealthy background, you probably would have been in a, a what do you call it? Like a private school. Okay. We have several inside. So I could have like kind of skirted around it. Yeah. Iris. Yes. I, I know Iris kind of identifies sometimes with my, with me also because she's from Israel. So yes, yeah. environment affects tremendously our character and how we shaped. Israel is not far. Yeah. Different far. from Cyprus. So, it, so it sounds. It's not so different. Yeah. I always like when Iris posts pictures of, uh, of like her when she was in the military. She you know. was in the military. Yeah, she did her service there. She always posts the pictures of. It's not the it's not the iris that we know, right? <laughs> it's the other one. Oh man, yeah. I was in the military. I was so skinny. Really, the helmet was as big. Like I put the helmet on, it was like as wide as my shoulders. Do you have pictures of that time? <sighs> For Bambos's family, if you're watching, please scan or take photos of Bambos when he was in the military and send them to us just so we can have a nice look at those online. That would be great fun, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) The great years of your life. So, guys, have a beautiful evening. We're going to see you tomorrow on another episode of Hey, Wonderful Chaos. It's a wonderful chaos. We like it that way. Oh.